All right, Romans chapter 3, uh, we're finishing out like Chris said, and, and Paul finishes out Romans chapter 3 with a bang, <laughs> if you will. Um, five verses, Romans chapter 3, verses 27 to 31. Let's read. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of a law? By one of works? No, on the contrary, by law of faith. For we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is it God or is God for Jews only? Is he not also for Gentiles? Yes, for Gentiles too. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then cancel the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So these last verses, um, basically it's the necessary outcome of, of part of what Chris preached last week, verses 21 to 26, but a necessary outcome of, of all the way up to chapter, to where we are right now, verses chapters 1, 2, and 3, because in chapters 1, 2, and 3, Paul lays out uh, the condemnation of everybody. You know, so, so he, he tells the Gentiles, they're jacked up, tells the Jews, they're jacked up in chapter 2. And then in chapter 3, he says, everybody's jacked up. You know, so, and then, and he starts out in, 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 in the last, in chapter 3, in verse 27, okay, after all of that, where then is boasting? I done told you all, everybody is, is under sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've heard that. Everybody is under sin. Nobody seeks God. So therefore, where then is boasting? How can Jews boast? Because they were hypocritical. They, they were given the, the responsibility of, 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 of carrying the oracles of God, the word of God to Gentiles. They failed in that mission. So they had no reason to boast. They didn't obey the law. The, the Gentiles certainly had no reason to boast. They were worshiping false gods. They were idolaters. They had no reason to boast. So Paul says, okay, then where's boasting? And then he says, it is excluded, which means the word excluded means to shut out from. The idea of slamming a door shut keeping someone, someone from gaining entrance. So Paul slams the door of boasting. He says, you have nothing to boast about. And boasting, and we see a lot of it in our culture, boasting is what defines you. It, what, it, it, it gets you where you get your self-worth from. It's what gives you confidence to face the day, whatever that may be. Whether it's your, your, your bank account, whatever it is, you boast in. That's what, in our, in our culture, that's what boasting us. It's what defines us, and Paul shuts the door to that. And, and, and the, interestingly, the Bible does talk about boasting a lot in several passages, and we're going to look at a few of them. Ephesians chapter 2, very familiar, very familiar passage. Paul says, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. He says, first of all, you're saved by grace through faith, he said, even if faith is not you from self, it's a gift from God. Not from works, so that no one can what? Boast. Because if it was based on works, we could boast. If it was based on, can you imagine us getting to heaven based on what we did? We would all boast. Oh, how'd you get here? What'd you do? Oh, that's all you did? Well, let me tell you what I did. We give a list of what we did to get there and boast and brag about it. Here and there, <laughs> we would boast. He said, but, I'm, but God said, I'm canceling all of that so that nobody can boast. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1. Brothers, consider your calling. Not many are wise from a human perspective. So Paul's asking the Corinthian church, listen, consider who's among you. Not many are wise from a human perspective. When you look out in the congregation, not many are wise from a human perspective. Not many are powerful. Not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. You see what God is doing? Those who are wise, he's choosing foolish things to shame those who are wise. And he said, I'm going to choose weak things to shame those who are strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world. What is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something. Everything the world considers good, God says, I'm going to bring that to nothing. Everything the world considers valuable and, and priceless, God said, I'm going to bring that to nothing. Verse 29, so that no one can what? Boast in his presence. I'm canceling out everything that you can use to boast. I'm destroying it. I'm getting rid of it. But, contrast, it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus. He said, Paul said, it's because of God that you're saved in the first place. Only because of him. He said, it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus who became God-given wisdom for us, and listen to this, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. Everything we got, we got from Christ. He said, who became God-given wisdom for us, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. In order that, as it is written, the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. You want to boast about something? Boast about the fact that you're in Jesus Christ. You want something to boast about? Boast in that, he said. Even in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 9, this is what the Lord says. The wise man must not boast in his wisdom. The strong man must not boast in his strength. The wealthy man must not boast in his wealth. So I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how strong you are. And I don't care how much money you got. God said don't boast about any of that. He said, but I'm going to tell you what to boast about. You want to boast? Okay, here's what you boast about. But the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows me. He could have stopped right there. He said that you're going to boast, boast in the fact that you understand and that you know me. That's what you boast about. David said in Psalm 34, my soul shall boast in the Lord, shall make his boast in the Lord. That he understands and knows me that I am Yahweh showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. You ought to boast in the fact that that's what I do. That I show faithful love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. That I've shown you those things. That's what you boast about. For I delight in these things. This is the Lord's declaration. So if you want to boast, God told you what to boast about. But you cannot boast in anything that you got. Nothing. You can't boast in any of, that, any of that. And then he says, yeah. Boasting is excluded by what kind of law? And he asks the question. By one of works? No. On the contrary. By law of faith. By law of faith. Or a principle of faith. It's what God uses to save sinners is the principle of faith. He says, that's, what, that's why boasting is, is excluded, because, because it's based on all based on faith and faith alone. 
not any works, faith and faith alone. For we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. A man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. The word justified, you're going to see that a lot in the book of Romans. It means to declare righteous, to pronounce as righteous, to acquit is what the word justifies means. And he says, a man, he says, we conclude after all of this, after everything we've seen up to this point in chapters 1, 2, and 3, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law, apart from the keeping of the law. Justified means to declare righteous. I've made you righteous not based on what you've done, but based on, on faith. Philippians chapter, and, God, and Paul spills this out in Philippians chapter 3. I love this verse. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Talking about circumcision. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, that boasting again. You're going to boast, boast in Christ Jesus. And do not put confidence in the flesh. Paul says, watch out for those dogs, the evil workers, those circumcised, those Judaizers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. They're all caught up in circumcision and cutting the flesh. They're all caught up in that. He said, watch out for them. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus and do not put any confidence in the flesh. Paul says, we ain't put no confidence in this flesh. He said, although... I once also had confidence in the flesh. Paul's great. Give his, explain his own, give his own resume. He said, I used to boast in my flesh. Paul said, I used to do that too. I had confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. He said, listen, if you think you got something to brag about, I got more than all y'all to brag about. If anybody should be boasting, it should be me. If anyone... anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh. I have more. Then he says, circumcised the eighth day, he gives his resume, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews. I'm, I'm a Jew of all Jews. A Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law of Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Did you hear that? Listen to that resume. Who else can say that? Paul said, I had it all out. I had it all. I got reason to boast. I was circumcised, just like you were supposed to be. The nation of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, where all the kings came from. A Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the laws of Pharisee, a strict Pharisee, regarding zeal, I persecuted the church. Listen to that. He said, I persecuted the church. I thought I was doing God's will by persecuting the church. I had zeal in persecuting God's people before he knew they were God's people. <laughs> zeal, persecuting the church. I was a real Jew. I wasn't falling for this whole Jesus Messiah stuff. I was persecuting them folk. Regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Wow. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. Listen to that. Everything, all of that stuff, he said, I consider to be a loss. I can boast in all of that. He said, but I consider it all as rubbish. 
because of Christ. More than that, I also considered everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Wow. He said, I consider it all to be a loss. It means, it means poop in the original language. Dung. Garbage. Everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them filth because of Jesus. All the stuff I had a reason to brag about, I consider filth compared to him. So that I may gain Christ. See, there's a motive here. There's a reason. So that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Listen, not having a righteousness of my own from the law. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law. Not because of what I did. Not because of me keeping the Ten Commandments blamelessly. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law. See, I'm righteous. You see, I've got, I kept the law. See how righteous I am? I haven't broke one of these yet. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith, not works. Clear, he can't get any clearer than that. A righteousness based on faith, not works. We're going to see an example of this in the Old Testament. We're going to give you a preview into, into Romans chapter 4. Genesis chapter 15. Now the word of the Lord came to him, Abraham, this one will not be your heir. Is that what I want? Yes. Yes, okay, here. Now the word of the Lord came to him, this one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. Talking about Isaac, not, not Ishmael. Ishmael's not going to be the heir. Isaac is. He took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, Abraham, he says. Then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. How was it credited to him as righteousness? Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Not Abraham kept the law, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. He had faith in what God had just told him. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him, credited to him as righteousness. Once we believe God, faith in Jesus Christ, his righteousness gets imputed to us. Old Testament example right here. And then Paul explained it in Philippians chapter 3, we just read. So it's not a New Testament principle. It's always been like this. Always been uh, righteousness comes by faith. Always, even in the Old Testament. Faith is not the cause of justification, but it's the means of justification. It's what God uses, the principle of faith to justify us, to make us and declare us righteous. It's not the cause of it, it's the means of it. All right. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By one of works. No, on the contrary, by one of faith. For we conclude that a man is justified, made right, declared righteous by God, by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God for Jews only? Is God for Jews only? Is he not also for Gentiles? Yes, for Gentiles too. And God is not just the God of, uh, basically he's saying God is not just the God of, uh, of the Jews. He's also the God of the Gentiles. And one, one thing you need to think about, if, 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 the works, if, if righteousness came by works of the law, only the Jews had the law. 
that would have put the Gentiles at a disadvantage. Or it would have been saying God doesn't want them saved because he didn't give them the law. But that's not, that's not how it works. That's not what happened. So it can't be by works of the law because that would put Gentiles, us, at a, as a, at a disadvantage. How can we be saved? God never gave that to us. He only gave that to the Jews. So what's he saying if it's, if it's by keeping of the law? You know, that, that makes sense. You understand what I'm saying, the logic there? Okay, so he says, or is God for Jews only? Is he not also for Gentiles? Yes, for Gentiles too. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. All right, so what he's saying here? The, it's the same principle, basically what he's saying. It's, it's faith for Jews and faith for Gentiles. He saves the Jews um, by, faith, by faith apart from the works of circumcision. See, circumcision was a, was a big deal. That, that, was how, that was a covenant they had with God, and that was, that was a real thing. Um, but now he's saying, I'm going to save them apart from the work of circumcision, and I'm going to save the Gentiles apart from the work of circumcision. So, see, because the Jews could say, well, we're, 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 we could, they, they could boast in the fact that they've been circumcised and they got a covenant with God. Well, yeah, say to you Gentiles, where's your covenant? Where's your, where's your cut, <laughs> if you will? <laughs> we boast in our covenant with God, and we got evidence for our covenant with God, if you want to see it. <laughs> and the Jews and the Gentiles can say, well, we didn't need that. God didn't, God, didn't, God didn't cause us to that. He didn't ask us to cut nothing. So both of them can boast in the, 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 the covenant of circumcision or not having to be circumcised. But God erases all of that and said, both of y'all come the same way by faith. I don't care if you are. And he goes on, and he says in another part of Romans, um, um, if, you, if you get circumcised and don't keep the law, it's just like not being circumcised. If you're going to get circumcised and not keep the law, what's the point? So don't boast in your circumcision and you ain't obeying nothing I said. It's basically what he's saying. If you ain't listening to what I'm saying, forget the circumcision. So, he's, so the, 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 the common denominator in both is faith. That's the point. The common denominator with the Jew and the Gentile is faith. Let's take a, a little peek into into Romans chapter 4. Like, like, like Chris said, after this, we're going to take a break from, from, from chapters and, and verses and get into some other stuff. So I'll give you a little peek into Romans chapter 4. Um, it's Romans chapter 4, verse, uh, starting at verse 9. Is this blessing only for the circumcised then, or is it also for the uncircumcised? For we say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness, what we just read in Genesis chapter 15. For we say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness. In what way then was it credited? While he was circumcised or, uncirc- or uncircumcised? That's the question. See, Paul, I love how Paul just asks questions that he knows people are thinking about. And I love that. He does that a lot in the Bible. And I love that. He anticipates questions, and then he answers it. And he says, in what way was it credited? While he was circumcised or un- uncircumcised? Not while he was circumcised, but uncircumcised. Abraham was declared righteous before circumcision. That's the point. He said he was declared righteous before this whole stuff. So you're all caught up in, the, in circumcision. Let me show you about our father Abraham. Let's go back a minute. Let's go back to the, to the law, to the Old Testament, Jews. My brethren, how was our father Abraham declared righteous? Was it before or after circumcision? He says, 
but while he was uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith. Hear that. The sign of circumcision was a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while still uncircumcised. Paul is making this so plain. What I would love about when I was, when I was studying this, Paul makes it so easy to teach this. I don't, I don't mean to sound like this. He makes it so easy because he makes it so plain, <laughs> especially considering all that we've been, been, been taught up to this point, all the, all the Chris and Justin and Pete have taught up to this point. He just makes it so easy. And then he's, then he's, that's why he says, okay, then who can boast now? He makes it very easy to teach this because it's so plain and simple. He says, and he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while still uncircumcised. This was to make him the father of all, that's the key word, all who believe but are not circumcised. Did you hear that? This was to make him the father, Abraham, the father of all who believe, Jew and Gentile, but who are not circumcised, so that righteousness may be credited to them also. You hear that? So we can be credited righteousness even though we're not biological Jews, and still Abraham is still our father. Why? Because of our faith. We have the same faith as Abraham. I love that. I love that. This was to make him the father. He's telling you why God did it. He's explaining what God did. This was to make him... Abraham, the father of all who believe but are not circumcised. So you can't say I'm not a believer because I'm not circumcised. So that righteousness may be credited to them also. And he became the father of the circumcised who are not only circumcised but who also follow in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham while he was still uncircumcised. (laughs) He makes it very simple. He's explaining to you, basically explaining what God did. Now, I want to go back here for a minute. So, um, or is God for Jews only? Is he not also for Gentiles? Yes, for Gentiles also. Now, we know that the Jews, in, in back in the day, they called Gentiles dogs. They would call us dogs, unclean dogs. They, they, wasn't, they, they didn't look favorably upon Gentiles. But God has always, always had a plan for, Jews, for Gentiles to be included in the plan of God. It's all through the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 12. In thee, all nations of the earth shall be blessed, he told Abraham. He didn't say all Jewish nations. He said all nations of the earth. Now, they knew. They read that. All nations of the earth shall be blessed through you. It's all through the Old Testament. Let's look at a few passages in the Old Testament and talk about that a little bit. The book of Isaiah, chapter 66, starting at verse 15. Look, the Lord will come with fire... His chariots are like the whirlwind to execute his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment on all flesh with his fiery sword, and many will be slain by the Lord. Those who dedicate and purify themselves to enter the groves following their leader, eating meat from pigs, vermin, and rats will perish together. This is the Lord's declaration. Verse 18, knowing their works and their thoughts, I have come to gather all nations and languages they will come and see my glory. He says, all nations and all languages will come and see my glory. I will establish a sign among them, and I will send survivors from them to the nations. I will send survivors from them to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, Lud, who are archers, Tubal, Javan, and the islands far away, who have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. Notice that. He said, who have not 
heard my fame or seen my glory. And they will proclaim my glory among the nations. They will bring all your brothers from all the nations as a gift to the Lord on horses and chariots, in litters and on mules and camels, to my holy mountain, Jerusalem, says the Lord. Just as the Israelites bring an offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord. I will also take some of them as priests and Levites, says the Lord. For just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, will endure before me, this is the Lord's declaration, so your offspring and your name will endure. All mankind will come to worship me from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, says the Lord. He says, verse 18, knowing their works and their thoughts, I have come to gather all nations and languages that will come and see my glory. We see the, the, this in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, when we see all people's languages, tongues. To Tarshish, put Lud, Tubal, Joven, and the, Javan, and the islands far away. Those are all Gentile nations. Those are not Jewish nations. Those are all pagan nations. But listen to what he says. I will send survivors from them to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, Lud, Tubal, Javan, and the islands far away, who have not heard of my fame nor seen my glory. They haven't heard about me. And they will proclaim my glory. Who's the they? Those pagan nations, those people from those, other, those nations, those non-Jewish nations. They will proclaim my glory among the nations. They will bring all your brothers from all the nations as a gift to the Lord on horses and chariots, in litters and on mules and camels, to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord. Listen, just as the Israelites bring an offering, he said these pagan people are going to be just like the Israelites. Just, like the, just as the Israelites bring an offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord, I will also take some of them as priests and Levites. Some of who? Some of those pagan people? Yep. God has always included Gentiles in the plan. Always. He created everybody. He's the God of the Jews and the Gentiles. I will also take some of them as priests and Levites, says the Lord. For just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, will endure before me, so your offspring and your name will endure. All mankind, not all Jewish mankind, all mankind will come to worship me from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, says the Lord. Everybody going to come to worship God, Jew and Gentile alike. And we see that in Revelation chapter 5 and Revelation chapter 7. God has always included Gentiles uh, in, in his plan of salvation, always. Psalm 86 verse 9, all the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name. All the nations. Ephesians 2. When the Messiah came, when Jesus came, he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. To you who were far away, Gentiles, and to those who were near, Jews. It says he preached peace to everybody. Jesus didn't discriminate. He, he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. We all grown into this body together. Jesus is the cornerstone. The whole building being put together by him, grows into a holy sanctuary in the Lord. You also are being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit, Jew and Gentile alike, in, in the body of Christ, and Jesus is the cornerstone. That's always been the plan. Ephesians 2 just 
clearly spells it out. There's no way you can miss that. Galatians chapter 6. Look at what large letters I have. Is that what I want? Yeah. Yeah. Look at what large letters I use as I write to you in my own handwriting. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. They want to circumcise you to keep from getting persecuted for preaching Jesus. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves. Did you hear that? <laughs> he said, even the, folk, the folk that want to circumcise you, they ain't even keeping the law. But they want to circumcise you to keep from being persecuted. He said, but they're not even doing it themselves. Like Jesus said about the Pharisees, he said, he said do what they say do, but don't do as they do. They don't, they don't even do this themselves. They teach right, they just don't do right. <laughs> For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves. However, he says, they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. Is that boasting again? About your flesh. See, they can boast in, look at how many people I got to get circumcised. Boast in your flesh. They want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. But as for me, he says, he said, this is, but as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I ain't boasted about nothing but the cross. He said, that's all I got to boast about. Who had a, 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 an awesome resume. He said, but that's garbage. All I'm boasting about is the cross of Jesus Christ. The world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. I'm dead to the world and the world is dead to me. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. Listen to that. He said circumcision don't mean nothing and uncircumcision don't mean nothing. So both of y'all need to shut up. Circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. Jews shut up, Gentiles shut up. What matters instead is a new creation. What matters instead is, are you born again? Have you been, 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 been made new by the Spirit of God? That's the question you ask, not are you circumcised, are you born again? Has your spirit been revived? May peace come to all those who follow this standard <laughs> and mercy to the Israel of God. But he says, again, I will never boast about anything. Boasting is a, we, we see it in, 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 in music, in rap music in particular, people about boasting about their bling bling and all of that. You know, you can boast about anything. Boast about, you know, how much money you got. Boast about, you know, your, your ethnicity. You know, I'm, I'm somebody because I'm white and, you know, whiteness is the thing. You know, you know I'm, 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 I'm somebody because of whiteness. I'm somebody because of blackness. We were created first. We're the chosen people. The black people are the chosen people of God. I'm boasting in my blackness. I'm boasting in, my last name is... We, we, we built this city. My family did this. My last name is boasting in all of that. Paul said, I ain't boasting in nothing except the cross. And that ought to be the same. My thing, I ain't boasting in nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ. I ain't got nothing, nothing else to boast in. My righteousness is as filthy rags. I can't even boast in good deeds that I've done. Filthy rags. Menstrual rag is all it is. Okay, uh, verse 31. Do we then cancel the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. 
He said, now, if, okay, since it's about faith now, do we just cancel the law since we got all this faith now? Do we cancel the law? And he says, absolutely not. That's a strong rebuke. Absolutely not. Listen, the law must be kept. It still matters. And we have to be careful that we act like it doesn't. The law still must be kept. It still matters. But here's the, here's the deal. Christ's sacrifice imputes the law-keeping to us too. <laughs> Did you hear that? Christ's sacrifice imputes the perfect law-keeping that God requires to my account, to your account. So the law was kept, just not by you, just not by me. It still matters. The law is upheld in Christ's death, not nullified or or canceled. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. So the law is not canceled or nullified. Jesus kept the law. He upheld the law in his death and resurrection. So the law breaking, law breaking still requires that. There was a death penalty for breaking the law. Did you know that? And guess what? It's still a death penalty for just not yours. (laughs) Just not mine. Jesus' death took care of that. The, the law is so serious that it required a death sentence. Just not yours or mine. Tim Keller, I love this comment. He's got some good stuff in his commentary on, on here, but I want to read something he says here. If you are obeying the law in order to be saved, you must do one of two things. He said you must... Change the law, either change the law, making it easier to meet its requirements. You want your commands to be limited and achievable. (laughs) You don't want love your neighbor as yourself. You want don't drink alcohol or go to church. (laughs) I can do that, you know. Love my neighbor, I don't know if I can do that. But not drinking alcohol and going to church, oh, I can do that. See, we want to change the law, you know, make it achievable. I can do that. So either you do that or you're crushed by the law. Because you know you cannot meet its requirements. You will either hate yourself for failing or you will come to hate God because you cannot meet its requirements. Those are the only two things that you're going to do if you, if you want to be saved by, by um, um, obeying the law in order to be saved. You either change the law to make it easier for you or you be crushed by it. And he gives the example of Luther that he started to hate God because he couldn't keep the law. Whichever you do, you will nullify the law. We know that the law matters enough for God for it to bring death, but we also know that it no longer means our death. We don't need to ignore the law we cannot keep or be crushed by the law we cannot keep. We are free to have a, have a right respect for moral absolutes and to care deeply about justice. We can be secure in ourselves, non-judgmental of others, forgiving to those who wrong us and not crushed by our own flaws and failings. The gospel frees us to uphold the law. Amen? Amen. Salvation by grace underscores the importance of the law. It's important to remember that. Salvation by grace underscores the importance of the law. Number one, uh, it provides payment for the death penalty. Jesus' death. Payment for the death penalty. Secondly, it shows man's need for a Savior. Shows man's need for a Savior. Galatians chapter 3, and I'm almost done. Why then was the law given? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise was made would come. 
The law was given. It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise was made would come. Genesis 3.15. The law was put into effect through angels by means of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not for just one person, but God is one. Is the law therefore contrary to God's promises? Absolutely not. Is the law therefore contrary to God's promises? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would certainly be by the law. If there was a law given that would have saved my, that could save me, then Jesus wouldn't have to die. But the Scripture has imprisoned everything under sin's power. Everything. He said, not just everyone, everything <laughs> under sin's power. So that the promise by faith in Jesus might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. Notice the language he uses. He said, we were confined under the law, imprisoned. Like the law put us in prison, it says. It's not like, like what he's saying. Confined, imprisoned. Until the coming faith was revealed, the gospel. The law then was our guardian until Christ. Notice that it was our guardian, our tutor, some translation says, until Christ, so that we could be justified. There's that word. Declared righteous by faith. Couldn't do that under the law. God couldn't declare us righteous by keeping the law. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, no longer under the law. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus, plain and simple. This kills law-keeping to be saved. It kills it. The faith has come. It's like a, a preview. The law was a preview of what was to come. You ever, you know, they show you a preview of a, of a new TV show that's coming on. They show you previews before the, before the first episode airs. They show you previews and uh, this is what's coming. And you say, oh, that's good. I might want to watch that, you know. They show you a preview. Now, when the show starts... They don't continue to show the previews. Why? Because the show's on. They don't show you previews anymore. The show's on. Why do I need the law when it's been fulfilled? The teacher is here. I don't need a guardian. When the, when the, when the teacher comes, I don't need a tutor anymore. The teacher is here, and his name is Jesus. And we are sons of God through faith in that Jesus. So first of all, it provides a payment for the death penalty, shows man's need for salvation, for a savior, and thirdly, it gives capacity to obey the law. Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite verses, favorite chapters in the old Bible. For what the law could not do, since it was limited by the flesh, God did. What the law couldn't do, because it was limited by the flesh. My flesh can't keep that, can't do that. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in flesh like ours under sin's domain. Notice what he did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in flesh like ours under sin's domain and as a sin offering. In order that, this is why, that the law's requirement is still required. The law's requirement will be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Through the power of the Spirit, I can keep the law, not perfectly, but I can now obey God through the power of the Spirit because of what Jesus did on the cross. The law is still upheld. Jesus upheld it in our stead. 
And through the power of the Spirit, I can walk it out through the help of the, of the Spirit of God. So justification, God has justified us, church. A man is justified by faith apart from the works. Paul ends chapter 3 on this, and he's going to continue in chapter 4 once we get back to that. We're going to see more of it in chapter 4. But we are declared righteous by faith. I don't need to try to do anything. Do I keep the law? Yes, but not as a means of salvation because I love God. He has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I love that verse. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that I might become righteous. The righteousness of God in him is always in him. He doesn't stop become the righteousness. He doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop with we might become the righteousness of God, but it's in him. It's always in him. Ephesians 1 and 2, repeatedly in him, in him, in him, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. It's never on our own. Never. Galatians 2 says if, 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 if we could keep the law, then Christ died in vain. He died in vain. And he didn't. We know that he did not die in vain. So as we prepare to take communion, we are going to celebrate justification. Being justified by faith. Declared righteous by faith. Nothing to boast about, church. Boasting is excluded. The door has been slammed shut in boasting by the principle of faith. Jew and Gentile, every mouth must be stopped, as it said in chapter 3 earlier, so that every mouth may be stopped. God said, I'm, I'm shutting everybody up. None of us can brag or boast because we all come the same way by faith in Jesus Christ. So after we finish this song, we're going to come and celebrate being justified by faith in God.